Life Audio. Welcome to Crosswalk Talk. I am your host, Michael Faust. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I can't wait for you to hear from our guest. Please note that the interview in this episode was previously recorded. Check out our show notes for more information. If you want to see this interview on video, then check out Crosswalk's YouTube channel, which is linked in today's show notes. Hey, Jen, welcome to Crosswalk Talk. Thank you so much for having me on, Michael. You are in a new movie, A Paris Christmas Waltz, which is on a Great American Family. It's part of the uh, annual Great American Christmas event. You've been in multiple other movies I've seen as well, including B&B Mary and Love on Repeat. Give us a quick overview of A, of a Paris Christmas Waltz. Was it shot in, in Paris? It was partially shot in Paris, the other half in Bucharest, but it was so beautiful through and through. Bucharest is called the Little Paris in Europe, and it was stunning. I play a character, Emma Harris, who's an accountant who gives up her job for her co-worker so he doesn't get weighed off. And I, as a hobby, am an amateur dancer, thanks to a friend a year ago of mine who who signed me up for dance lessons. Well, Emma gets swept off to a, a pro-am dance competition, kind of like Dancing with the Stars in Paris. And I did lots of different kinds of dance. There's a song and dance number in it as well. So with Matthew Morrison, who is my co-star. And, you know, he's an incredible singer and dancer, as we know, from Glee. So it was a really wonderful experience. And I, it's my favorite film to date, to be honest. Yeah, I, w- I was blown away yeah. by what you, sa- what, what you said on your social media. You were saying you like this movie better than most movies you've made. What, what was so good it's about it? Better than all the movies I've made, including The Artist, which won the Academy Award. So, yeah, I really loved this one. Wow, that's a yeah. uh, why. I mean, what what make, what makes it so good? Just everything about it, the the message, the 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 scenery. What I think what I loved most about it. I mean, first of all, it was a very elevated script. The script was really really good and charming. I thought it was poignant, and I thought it was funny, and I thought it was one of those movies that will make you laugh and cry, which not all movies do. And the dancing was a real challenge for me. Then we had five different kinds of dance, and I also got to sing and dance which I'm really passionate about. And so it was just, it was a, a real challenge for me. And I, and I think most actresses, I hope, like challenges. So I, I, it just meant a lot to me. That is awesome. What, what do you like so much about the rom-com genre? You've done quite a few of them. What do you like so much about them? Um, you know, I like that, that they lift people up. There's been so many times I've met fans and they'll be going through something really rough, you know, because there are seasons in our life, right? I mean, God is good every single morning, but there are still seasons, there's still valleys that we walk through. And sometimes people that you love die or or you're diagnosed with something. And it's hearing those fans' responses to watching you in the movie and how it helped them get through that season that for me really mean a lot. And I also grew up watching, you know, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. So I just love it. Yeah, I, I watch them with my kids. I'm always fascinated by the um, how my even my young boys embrace these movies. Like I remember, I was on on a vacation one time, and my boys were like, I don't know, ten years old and eight years old, and they turned to one of them. It's probably one of your movies, and they were watching it. And I thought, well, they'll turn they'll turn to ESPN in a second, and they didn't. They kept watching that movie. They just got <laughs> enthralled enthralled in the story. So, yeah, they 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 express yeah. the the ideal. I think that's one thing they do. Let's switch gears, Jan, talk about your passion for adoption and foster care. You, of course, you and your husband are an adoptive family. You're involved in a ministry called, I believe it's Tulsa Girls Home. You've helped them raise money. How did you develop a passion for adoption? 
Oh my gosh, loaded question. I, you know, in a nutshell, my parents were unofficial foster parents. So what that means is that they weren't licensed by the state. So they weren't really foster parents, but there were often people living in and out of our house who were not, you know, blood relatives who just needed help transitioning in their life. And so that planted an early seed of empathy for me. And then I became a child advocate in 2011 through the organization called Child Help. And I joined their mentorship program called Special Friends, which is kind of like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And throughout the years, I would have mentees, but there was one that I really fell in love with named Loria. And my husband also did. I mean, she was just incredible. And the children who live in the child help villages, in my opinion, honestly, should never be reunified with their parents. I mean, these are the extreme cases that you hear you know, that it's it's literally a miracle they're alive. Sometimes they're like nine years old and they don't know they're not a dog. They've been raised in a cage. I mean, like, this is the most severe form of child abuse. These are the children that the child help villages see. So I don't think it's a normal case of wanting this parent to re- rehabilitate and, you know, get themselves together, which is the general goal of foster care. I always say, like, it's family restoration, which is the heart of God. And I love that. But sometimes these parents should not have their kids back. And my mentees were were that situation. And so I had been interested in foster care. My husband, who is still my husband, but at the time, my still husband, <laughs> did not want to foster because he, like 51% of surveyed Americans, believed in a myth and misconception that children in foster care are bad children. And the truth is, and that's, a, you know, like I said, it's a widely held misconception. It's 51% of Americans that think that but the truth of foster care is that these are children who have found themselves in a horrible system that's completely broken because of somebody else's choice, because of a choice somebody else made. And so I'm really passionate about that. And my husband fell in love with our mentee. She was facing reunification, which in her and her story was a bad idea. So he was like, we have got to do something. We are getting licensed. Like, we're taking his classes. We have to do something. We were not able to take in Loria, but that's okay. Because she reunified with grandma. And we still have a wonderful relationship. And, like, God really was incredibly amazing in her story. But we got my son, Caden, and then his brother, Jeff. And we've since adopted them. So that's how I got involved in foster care. Um, and then as far as Tulsa Girls Home, um, my manager's from Tulsa. And he gave me a book because of my passion for Jesus and my passion for loving children about a man named Charles Page, who started the town of Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and adopted over 100 children. And one of his 100 children, they're all orphans. And, and the whole, I mean, you can't like, I can't in a nutshell explain to you Charles Page, but what I can say is that when I was reading this autobiography or this biography that one of his 100 children wrote about him, I would make it like three pages and just sit in my hotel room. Like often when I was shooting is the only time I would get to read it. And I would just cry on the weekends and just pray all day. Like, God, please make me like this man. Please make me more like Charles Page. Like give me the anointing of Charles Page. She's incredible. And like there's a woman named Heidi Baker that's like similar to that, you know. And so I wanted to start a village in the form of a neighborhood model. And then I like for foster care. And it's like a really long-winded thing that I like would take me forever to tell you about. But I was scrolling on social media one day in 2018, ready to quit foster care, ready to quit social media because social media is a myth. 
and it is draining and it is vapid and it does not glorify God and it just sucks the life out of you. And I was like, I can't stop social media though. So what can I do? And I started to search the hashtag foster love to find foster parents who live like me. And by the grace of God, I found Brittany Ray Stokes, who, who founded Project Orphans and then Tulsa Girls Home. We became friends because I was shooting a movie in Tulsa. And I was like, can I take you to coffee? I promise you I'm not crazy. She and I won't kill you. Her husband told her she was going to get murdered. My husband told me I was going to get murdered. We met for coffee. We've been best friends. I told her my vision. And uh, so that's how we started Tulsa Girls Home. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. I didn't know that story until now. So thanks for yeah. opening up about that. Hey, I don't mean to make you cry here, but what what is adoption and foster care taught you about life, taught you about family and faith? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What it's really taught me, and I think this is an incredible question for this moment in time, because regardless of when this interview actually airs, today is the first day of Hanukkah. And why that's relevant to this question is that as a Christian who has come to faith in Messiah, I often read the Bible thinking, these are God's chosen people. And like, I'm just the adopted kid. And I know God loves me, but like, he loves me less. And that is not true. Like, that is not true. I don't look at my boys any different than I look at my girls. I forget that I didn't carry them in my body. And if anything, I love them more for not having carried my body because that's a comfortable thing to do. So it's really taught me about how when Jesus says we're grafted in, how greatly he means that. Like, we are grafted in. We are heirs. We are heirs with Jesus with the Jewish people, you know? So so that's what it's taught me, is that God loves us the same. And that's really humbling and astounding in every way. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a sermon right there. Of course, Jen, you have biological kids and, and, and adopted kids. That's what you're referencing there for folks who don't know about Jen's family. Let's switch gears. I hate to switch gears after what you just said. Uh, talk quickly about uh, Christmas is not canceled. That's another organization you're involved with. Uh, has It has kids at the center of it. You help, I guess raise, uh, collect toys? What, what, what is it all about? It is geared toward children. It's an organization that started in 2020, hence the name. That was when like cancel culture was a big thing. Everything was getting canceled. It started, I don't you know, the name was like a joke. And it was just supposed to be a one-time campaign where my now business partner and I were like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We feel powerless during the pandemic to do 
you know, anything. And I'm very much like a go-getter and, and, a, and I have a lot of faith for making really big thing, big things happen. So if I feel defeated, I'm sure other people feel defeated. So I came up with the concept that like, maybe this year I can't make like some insane donation, but I could give one toy. And I bet other people could give one toy or other people could lend their voice. And together we could give 10,000 toys. So I started this whole like movement where it would be like, give a toy to a child living in poverty this holiday season and you'll get entered to win the ultimate Christmas. Everything you see in one of our movies, minus a hunk. And we ended up raising over 10,000 toys. And then we were like, and then everybody came back, like the brands, everybody we had partnered with were like, what are you doing next? So we formed a company and in the summers we raised school supplies for children in foster care because they just don't graduate high school and they don't have even school supplies to start school with. So it's a whole stigma that goes into that. And then in Christmas, we raised 25,000 toys for children living in poverty all over the United States, now also in Uganda and Peru. Um, and when people give on christmasisnotcanceled.com, they get entered to win all sorts of crazy prizes. So that's that's what that does. <laughs> that is awesome. And it's christmasisnotcanceled.com. And the movie we've been talking about is A Paris Christmas Waltz, which is on Great American Family. Yeah. Jenna, I've really enjoyed talking to you and I've enjoyed hearing, learning about your, your passion for ministry and adoption and foster care. And we enjoy your movies. Thanks so, thanks so much. So much, Michael. Thank you. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That's how we help more people just like you find the show. A big thanks to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. See you next time. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful devotional and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.